Welcome to another episode of Gaga Space, a podcast where we much talk about nerd culture, gaming, anime, and other tech. So I kind of shot myself in the book, in the foot rather, a while back, saying that I'll upload weekly. But once again, as it turns out, trying to talk about one of your favorite franchises and present in a way deserving its respect and long history is pretty fucking hard. Originally, this was aimed to be released on the 5th of May, but due to multiple re-records and other responsibilities in life, it kind of prevented me from sending this one out. But I've reached that point that if I delay this any further, then it's just going to end up in the back burner. And I'm not a fan of that because, you know, the Digimon thing that I've been working on is still in the back burner and I don't want this one to get rather um, to, to get the same treatment. So I'll just use the single take recording that I consider the best one out of all the ones that I did before. So after that long as fuck intro, uh, here's this week or rather month's podcast episode. So the 30th anniversary event of the Shin Megami Tensei or SMT for short. Uh, just heads up, please remember this acronym because I'll be using this a lot moving forward. Was celebrated on the fifth and sixth of this month, and if you're a fan of Atlas. This basically just a concert and announcement of multiple merchandise. Maybe a collection of brands or if we're lucky, a new game announcement or ports of existing titles. But Tage, what is this SMP thing that you keep on talking about? Uh, we kinda remembered it from the How to Get Into the Persona franchise episode. So to the longtime listeners of the show, um, you guys probably know this already, but to the newcomers, who stumbled up on the podcast or maybe parents who are kind of interested after playing Persona. I'm pretty sure I have no idea what the fuck it is. So basically, SMT is a long-running franchise by Atlus. It originally started out as Megami Tensei or loosely uh, translated into English as Goddess Resurrection, which is based off the Digital Devil Story uh, Megami Tensei novels by Aya Nishitani. The game was released on the family computer or Famicom in Japan, but the Westerners out there is the Nintendo Entertainment System or NES. The game was a dungeon crawler with RPG elements and it, and it introduced a new genre to the world of gaming, but what most people associate with Pokemon, and that is monster collecting. But instead of cutesy child bait pets that's obviously targeted to children, we have these designs by former lead character designer Kazu Makaniko. Um, this heads up, you, while listening to this podcast, you can like go to Google real quick because most of you guys are audio listeners. And check Google and type in Kazu Makaniko um, Demon Designs. So you get to see what, what I'm going to be talking about moving forward. They range from the bizarre, horrifying stuff that I shouldn't be talking about as it will drive very religious folks away. Basically, they're creatures from religion, mythology, across different cultures, Lovecraftian horrors, and the like, to name a few, which primarily covers the units you can control, and instead of capturing them from the wild, you can talk to them basically via negotiation, and that is the only way for you to get new party members. You can get pretty much any random demon you can you can encounter by talking to them, but the conversations can go into multiple ways. Let's say some would ask for bribes in the form of money, your health, or mana points, or MP rather. 
items sometimes and they're outright jerks depending on the day there's like a there's like a new moon phase cycle thing um we can get to that in the we can get to that or not in the uh gameplay mechanics bit also remember that bullshit that the pokemon series keeps on pushing to people that power of friendship and whatnot throw that out of the fucking window here in smp The only thing, or rather, the only way to get stronger here is by sacrificing your units or fuse them into a stronger one. Because keeping them won't do you any good because that's bad stat growth, longer leveling times, and abilities that don't transition well into the late game. So, fuck you Pokemon fans that don't know gaming history and are saying that SMT and by extension Persona along with the other spinoffs are Pokemon clones. If anything, every motherfucking monster collector game out there is a clone of SMT. Um, obligate of that, that English isn't my primary language. Um, obligatory joke on the overzealous Pokemon fandom aside. The ga- the game did well and created the sequel, but since the game is based off an existing IP, um, Atlas decided to create a franchise while using the existing assets assets they have from the Mega Tensei games, and thus. Shin Megami Tensei or True Goddess Resurrection is born. So why do I adore this amazing franchise? They introduced the alignment system and that is the backbone of each mainline game all but the exception of one. We'll get to that later. Now, the world isn't clear-cut black and white or good and evil as it were like all traditional forms of storytelling led you to believe. But what is this system that I'm talking about? The alignment system varies from each mainline game, but the common ground here is that you make decisions throughout your playthrough, and that dictates what kind of ending you get. The alignment is a generalization of the ideals of the characters in context and refers to the factions that they represent in the universe of their series. Most SNT games have some form of the staples, uh, law, neutral, and chaos, to represent different routes the protagonist can take, even if fa- even if each faction is not explicitly stated such as, as such. Now, additionally, in the classic-styled entries, demons have alignments to determine a level of affinity with the, with the protagonist of the specific game, depending on the protagonist's own alignment. In general, the alignment of a demon is measured on the horizontal axis of Law, Neutral, and Chaos, or LNC for short, in addition to alignment Tendency is the other axis perpendicular to other, to the other alignment axis. This axis measures the morality in the scale of light, neutral, dark, which further modifies the ideo- ideology represented by the alignment. So what are these three alignments? So let's start with law. This alignment is associated with God, order, and peace. In the game, it is represented by the Messiah religion. And the colors blue and white. You can clearly see by the monster designs. Some of them also look like robots, but we can get we can get to that, or rather, just do a quick Google search, and you guys know what I'm talking about. The alignment promotes order. I mean, the law alignment uh, promotes order and safety, but taken to an extreme, it leads to a dictatorship and elitism. The main goal of law factions in the game is to establish the thousand-year kingdom. A paradise on earth ruled over by God. Now, the truth is that only a select few who are judged worthy would be allowed to live in the thousand-year kingdom, which everyone else would be killed. Those who do live in the thousand-year kingdom would be subjected to its strict absolute laws. 
Now, let's move on to chaos. The alignment is oftentimes associated with Lucifer, freedom, and war. In the games, it is represented by the Gaian religion and the colors red and black. This alignment promotes freedom of choice, thought, and action above all else in stark contrast to the controlling nature of the law alignment. However, this freedom can lead to a vast amount of suffering and honor anarchy, leading the world into a primal state of unsurpassed vice and survival of the fittest. The main goal of the chaos factions is to crush the messiah forces opposing them and attain complete and total power. And, but lastly, let's talk about neutral, or also known as balance. This alignment accepts the need for laws to govern the world but not at the cost of personal freedom. It rejects the concept of relying on lawful or chaotic powers to focus instead on personal empowerment, refinement, individuality, and the inherent strength of mankind. Although presumed to be the most idealistic alignment by many, it is also the hardest alignment to attain because of its isolationist nature, destroying everything in your way and even standing against former friends. The canon air quotes, uh, neutral endings of many of the games are also depicted as often leading directly into the problems that arise in the next games. The best example being Shin Megami Tensei 2. Now, uh, gameplay-wise, collectively for the franchise, it has always been a turn-based dungeon crawler game. As technology advanced with each new console generation, so does the presentation, basically. But the core gameplay loop is primarily the same. Combat-wise, the genre heavily relies on the use of buffs and debuffs to control tides of battle. You're literally facing gods and demons, so of course you need to make them weaker and make yourself stronger so you can like get on top of it. Aside from that, we have the infamous press turn system mechanic that was introduced in the third mainline game in which once you hit your opponent with an attack that it's weak against, your team has, as well as your opponent, can gain a half turn thus speeding up the battles on either side thus creating a well-balanced and up-to-par roster of monsters and demons is always lucky to access. But let's say if you happen to have an ability that, there's, that they can absorb or reflect, that pretty much wipes out your turn and you pretty much wasted the ability to wipe out your opponent on that turn and thus giving him the advantage. So it's like a good tug and word basically. So having like a really good roster pretty much helps you control the tide of battle. And especially, whoo, the fucking boss fights in this fucking game, in this fucking franchise are so hard. I keep saying the word F a lot, so if this is like your first time here, uh, this is like a pretty common thing to me at this point. I curse a lot in the other podcasts as well. But that's it. Um, If you guys want to sponsor me, I will learn to do to be better. So uh, please let me know. But uh, shameless plugging aside and endorsing myself like a whore, um, I can go on and on, but this is going to take longer than it should be. So, just like the Persona episode a while back, uh, Shin Megami Tensei or SMP has several, has several mainline entries that have been released over the years. So, here is a short non-spoiler summary of each one, and I'll tell you what is the best version you can play. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei, uh, the original one, came out in 1992. The, game, the first game in the series follows a protagonist who must navigate a post-apocalyptic Tokyo overrun by demons. Well, well, this is like a pre-apocalyptic, basically. Sorry, my English isn't my primary language. 
As for which version of the game you should play, I would say it's a toss-up between the Game Boy Advance version or the PS1. But they have their own pros and cons. The GBA version has a lot of features that may, that'll make you say no. With, or rather, that'll say you yes, but depends on how you view it. Um, it has reduced encounter rates because these games have a lot of them. A uh, button to see the map and items that have been retranslated that allow you to see. A, they also have this feature that you get like additional story scenes as well as an official translation by Atlus. Now, the only issue is that it has the worst music because, you know, Game Boy Advance. While the PS1 version has updated graphics, sounds, and smoother gameplay, but without any of the bonus stuff from the GBA version. Or you can go with a fan-translated SNES version. So just choose your poison, guys, at this point. Now, we're going to be talking about the direct sequel of this game, story-wise. Um, Shin Megami Tensei 2 um, came out in 1994. It's the second game in the series. And as you can clearly see, since we talked about the alignments earlier, um, the world of SMT2 is uh, heavily... Um, Law Focus or Law Central in a way. As for which version of the game, I would say is the PS1 version. But as far as I can tell, no one is working on the on an English fan translation. So the only way you can play SME2 so far is using the SNES. Now let's move on to the third game into the series, um, which was presented on the PS2, and that is Shin Megami, Shin Megami Tensei 3 on uh, Nocturne. It came out in 2003. The third game in the series is set in a post-apocalyptic Tokyo and features a story that involves the end of the world and the rebirth of a new one. Quick side comment before I talk about which version of the game is the best one. It's kind of funny that Atlas always do major overhauls on the number three mainline game of each flagship titles. Um, this is where the Preston's mechanic has been introduced and has been a mainstay to any SMP game along with their spin-offs moving forward. This is where they kind of forego the alignment system and introduce reasons. The world was literally destroyed and now they need a strong will or reason, as it were, to lead the world's rebirth. Reasons is basically the character alignment system but with extra steps. Would like to get it uh in would like to get into it in depth, but this is not the episode for it. Let me know if you guys want me to go ball sleep into SMB3, but as for which version of the game you should play. I would say the HD remaster in terms of accessibility, especially after the multiple bug fixes and patches has been applied. Yeah, it's definitely the best way to do so. Uh, you can play it on Steam, PS4, or Nintendo Switch. So choose your preferred platform. Now let's talk about the five remaining games. Um, SMT4 or Shin Megami Tensei 4. It came out in 2013 for the Nintendo 3DS. Or the fourth game in the series is set in Tokyo, or rather, well, it's set in Tokyo, kinda. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, you don't know what I mean. And it follows the story of a young samurai who becomes involved in a conflict between two factions. But like any SMP game, it quickly escalates into something more. So yeah, it's uh, you're pretty much screwed into using a 3DS, or you know, you can emulate it. Citra is pretty easy now on Android devices. To my surprise. So, also, since the eShop is closed, there's no way you can buy it digitally for free. And if you don't have a physical copy, it's gonna cost you a lot. I, I bought mine on Amazon for like a hundred bucks. 
And I still have it sealed because I play it using an emulator. So yeah. Sorry about that, Nintendo. I have a physical copy though. But that aside, um, let's move on to the black sheep rather of the SMT mainline games. Um, SMT4 final or the if you're gonna be checking out the English one, Apocalypse. Um, it came out in 2016. It's a sequel kind of non-canon side story to Shin Megami Tensei 4. It follows a new protagonist as he becomes involved in a war between gods and demons. Uh, so it's like the same. Um, Gameplay-wise, it's pretty much the same thing as SMP4 with a few changes. Like there's like this broken-ass merc system and it has been adjusted in Apocalypse. So initially this was planned out as a DLC, but but due to multiple changes and rewrites, it became its own thing. So there, that, that's some fun gaming history for you. Either you use it or pay it, uh, rather get a 3DS, buy a physical copy, which is fucking expensive nowadays, or, you know, just emulate it. Lastly, let's talk about the recent game of the series, which is Shin Megami, Shin, Shin Megami Tensei 4. It came out in 2021. It's the latest game in the series, and it's set in a modern-day Tokyo, and it follows a high school student who becomes involved in a conflict between angels and demons. Now, the only version is the Switch version, but there are rumors of it coming out to different platforms such as PS4 and PC. So I would suggest avoiding the Switch version if that happens. Um, low frame, uh, low low frame rates, random frame drops. Um, the Switch is a really underpowered device and it's having trouble handling the Persona engine basically. So yeah, if there's if the new versions of the game came out, you can do that. Or if you're fucked. If you have like a really BP PC, you can find the emulated using you can emulate it using Yuzu, and I've seen like really good performance with it. So you do you guys. Also, there are a lot of spin-offs from this franchise that you can explore, such as the Devil Survivor games, Persona, and its multiple spin-offs, the Dev Um the Digital Devil Saga Duology, one of my personal favorites. And the SRPGs, Majin Tensei titles, and the cyberpunk-inspired Soul Hackers, to name a few of Atlas's library of games. But with that, this is the end of this episode of Tag Space. And yeah, today I'll be announcing that I'm going on a break. Probably a month or two. Um, working on two podcasts and primarily doing the heavy editing part of it is taking a good chunk of my time. I barely have time to work on this one and of course on my other personal hobbies such as gaming which is oftentimes my source of materials for this podcast. So yeah, that's why you get like this weird random intervals basically. Um, expect changes on presentation as well as new subjects to talk about and let my personality go out a bit more. Um, working on Basolas has been pretty good. Learning experience in terms of production and dealing with other BS that I didn't encounter before. Also, it's more fun for me to talk naturally instead of this essay sort of episodes, but urgent. But that's the primary intent of this podcast. So maybe I'll do an essay, a uh, video game essay or two for specific titles I like. But moving forward, I'll just probably do solo episodes and get a random guest every once in a while, and you know, talk about random stuff because that's for podcasts so are for primarily. So. Expect changes on presentation as well as new subjects to talk about and let my personality go out. So look forward when I make my comeback for this particular show. Um, if you want to support the show financially since I need to save up for new equipment, 
because my mic isn't picking up my actual voice as it turns out. Um, please feel free to donate to my PayPal. That's paypal.me slash kaga018 or on my Gcash which is 0956-339-1008. If you also want to help but can't donate financially, which is totally okay. I know how it feels. I've been at that point in my life as well. Uh, please feel free to rate me on Spotify, listen to old recordings, and of course, share and tag me on social media as well as to get generic word of mouth, you know? More exposure, more funds, so to say. Now, speaking of socials, I'm on Instagram, that's at Kagaspace, as well as on Facebook, that's facebook.com slash Kagaspace. Lastly, I'm the co-host of Basura's podcast, along with Kevin from the UP Sabibu podcast. So yeah, everything I said, social-wise, PayPal or whatever, everything is in the description below for easy access for you guys. And yeah, that's a wrap. And catch you guys on the next month or two with the refresh and rested kage. Bye for now, guys, and catch you guys on the next one.